0: David Soloy is the author of three previous novels, Spring, The Innocent and London and the Southeast, for which he was awarded the Betty Trask and Geoffrey Faber Memorial Prizes. Raised in London, he has lived in Canada and Belgium and is now based in Budapest. In 2013, he was named as one of Granter's best of young British novelists. His piercing portrayal of 21st century manhood, All That Man Is, is out now, published by Jonathan Cape. And I'm delighted to be joined in the studio by David Soloy uh, himself, who's on a, on a visit here from Budapest. Hello, David. Hello. Um, we are very excited that you've come to talk to us about all that man is. And I think you're going to start things off with a short reading for
1: us. Yeah, sure. Um, I will read from the fifth section of the book. They leave the way they arrived yesterday down the little avenue of linden trees. Immediately after leaving the village, though, they take a small turn-off that zigzags steeply up into the forest. She shifts from second to third to second as they take the steep turns, moves into fourth for a kilometre of open pasture, sun, farmhouse with deep eaves, time blackened, then some more houses, almost a village. All this land, what's it worth? Fortune's here. And more forest then, and views sometimes through the trees as they turn and turn, of the valley now falling away. Second, third, third, second, third. Her thin, tanned arm is permanently in action. Her elegantly sandaled foot. Well-maintained toenails, he notices. Hard pink shine like the inside of a shell. It takes twenty minutes to drive to the top. Ah, he says, as they emerge from a final stretch of hugging shade and everything seems to open out. There is a lot of tarmac suddenly, and further up, a major development, not so new. Flats, a hotel maybe, huts, houses. She parks on an empty expanse of tarmac in the shadow of the flats, and switches off. There is no one around. Standing there in the sunlight, he hears the throb of the pastures, and when the wind blows, a quiet singing from overhead cables, otherwise silence. So tell me about this, he says. She starts talking about ski lifts and pistes. Only half listening to her, he has walked to the edge of the tarmac. Slopes fall away in slow undulations. There is a shuttered crepery, the hum of insects, the ice-edged wind, and from somewhere the lazy sound of cowbells, a sound like a spoon stirring something in a glass. She is talking about ski school, École du Ski Francais. Yes, he knows memories of that. Long ago, that was. Snow ploughing in line behind the vermilion uniform. Foggy day, wet snow. He feels the sun on his eyelids, the wind on his skin, hands, face. With his eyes shut, he hears the cowbells fading in and out on the wind. Life has become so dense these last years. There is so much happening, thing after thing. So little space, in the thick of life now, too near to see it the sun on his eyelids, cowbells fading in and out on the wind, warmth of the sun, wind on his skin, to withdraw somehow to just this, hopeless. It's not a joke, life is not a joke. He opens his eyes, shimmering grass shivering. She says, 80% of the slopes are north-facing, the spring skiing here is particularly nice. This is it, this is his life, these things that are happening. This is all there is. She is standing next to him, quite near him. Yes, he says. How much is there? Skiing. Kilometers. Including the whole Grand Massif. Whatever. About 260 kilometers. Wow. She says. Including Flen, Morillon, Les Carroz, Sixt, and Samouin. And they're all interlinked with lifts. Of course. One pass covers them all. You can get it, she tells him. Okay, he says. Nice to have some facts. For a moment, he shuts his eyes again, but there is nothing there now.
0: David, thank you so much. Uh, as you said, you're reading from the, the fifth section of the book there. Mm-hmm. This is a book constructed in sections. Yes. Um, it just strikes me that the title immediately sets you up to think you know, all man. You know, it, it's a very sort of big wide-ranging title yeah and then you go into the book and of course it's very specific and i just wondered how that sort of came about
1: well i mean i think that um generally the only way to approach wide-ranging or or sort of um significant uh themes or whatever you want to say is through is through specifics um in a, in a novel or in fiction I, I believe that that's, you know, that's the only way you can do it. You have to sort of approach obliquely in a way um, only through creating a, a sense of extreme specificity can you then create a situation where ideas if we can put it that way, kind of emerge well, from, I think you, from all that specific detail.
0: You do feel that this is a novel filled with ideas and uh, that there are ideas you want to explore over the course of it. What were they? Can you give a sort of voice to the, the things well, you really um, wanted to address?
1: Yeah, I mean, to some extent, of course. Um, the I'd say that when I was writing the book, there were sort of two uh, steps that I took towards conceiving the book thematically or, or in terms of the subjects of, of the book. Uh, the first was more geographical, and it was a book about uh, contemporary Europe and about the, the the nature of contemporary Europe and the fluidity of contemporary europe and um, the, the 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 first working title of the book was europa which reflects the, the way that i was thinking about it at that time then at some point in writing the book quite an early point i started to think more in terms of time um, than than simply place and I had the idea of having these uh sections of the book each section being about an older man than the section before and and then it became then the project very much became um sort of about time about aging about uh transience and uh loss and all all those kind of things
0: the book is full of of movement as you said it started out life in conception as a book called europa Mm -hmm. and it is incredibly itinerant as it were it will not be pinned down to, to one place where did that, that come from? I mean your last book was called London in the South East.
1: Yeah. I mean in in a way, I mean there's a fairly obvious sort of um answer to that in, in terms of my own life in that I have um I now live in a different country from, from the, the country in which I spent most of my life. So the, the sense of being a, a traveller, uh itinerant, uh, even some sort of exile, is something that I felt very sort of drawn to as a subject. And and that's that that was really the the feeling that I was um, tapping into at the early stage mm. of writing the book uh that feeling of um yeah of, of and, and that 's a very common feeling in europe now um you know the, the i i I doubt there's ever been a time in history when um Europe has been more fluid in that sense with people moving around the continent um for for all sorts of reasons i mean for just on one extreme for just holidays, people moving to work to retire for financial reasons out of a sort of financial necessity even as they're moving from one country to another perhaps look for a job people will be moving to cheaper countries so there is this great churn in Mm. europe at the moment i think and uh and i you know i i think that that's a a fairly major historical um thing i I don't think that uh, for all the the talk in the last year about fences and borders and brexit and all of that i, I think that the, the historical force driving the um the movement is is simply too strong to be to be contained mm. now um, without a kind of really sort of shocking counterforce which i don't see any sort of political will really to, to impose it's
0: it's so interesting how frequently when one talks to writers, this idea of exile comes up and mm. as something that is key in a sense to writing. Obviously, it doesn't apply to, to, to every writer, uh, but it does seem to be something that is particularly generative as a feeling. Mm.
1: Yes, I, 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 I agree. And I mean, I think one of the reasons for that is that the sense of one. I mean, for me and I think for many writers, one of the great sort of um engines of their imagination is a kind of nostalgia is a relationship with the past um and if the past is also not only in a different time but also in a different place that probably heightens all of those feelings and Mm. makes them more intense and uh and also a place if if you're writing about a place where you which you know extremely well where you lived for years or decades and, and grew up probably or whatever but no longer live there, then the place has already become a kind of imaginative construct for you. So that the step between making it into a book or or somehow including it in a book or creating a a literary version of it has already half been taken. You're already halfway there in a way because Mm -hmm. it's already something which is this sort of numinous presence in your head, um, almost more than a physical environment that you inhabit.
0: There is something about that idea of yearning for something and then trying to capture it. And actually one of your characters, uh, one of the very youthful characters, I think in the first section of the book, uh, is is sort of talking rather disparagingly about being a tourist and says something like... um, isn't it awful you're always just searching for something and of course you do use that very sort of metaphorically in the book too people are always searching for something the men in this book are always yes, searching
1: for yes 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 of course there's always a sense of dissatisfaction there's always a sense that something is just out of reach or that or that something has been missed or or, or um sense of life slipping through their fingers without them being able to hold on to it
0: i mean obviously it's very clear Clearly, you are not implying that uh, that women don't feel like that too, but in this book, you are sort of addressing patterning that on a on a question of masculinity and and males. yeah
1: well no i mean that that was a that was a very conscious decision of mm. course yeah i mean i I wanted to write i mean yeah, I wanted to write um a book about uh the male experience of these things, which is i think in some ways probably different from the female experience mm. of
0: them and what was the kind of crux of that what did you want to explore or and do you think it relates to the time that you've set the book in as i now do you think it's in a particular sort of state at the minute
1: well there was no question about not setting the book now i mean i i'm very i know i've, I've written a historical novel um but generally speaking i'm only really interested in writing about things that are set now um so so that that wasn't a decision really that was just a given there was there's no sense though i guess i could say that i i'm not saying that oh things are now particularly sort of fraught for men suggesting that there was a time in the past you know when when things were all great and you know there was a sort of rock solid sense of masculinity that men kind of could partake of and and everything was sort of fine for them that that wasn't the point i was i was trying to to make because i i'm far from sure that that's the mm. case i mean i people there's people talk about a crisis of masculinity but when wasn't there a crisis i mean maybe there is an answer i mean if someone said oh in the x century there wasn't and this is why then i, I might ex- i could accept that I'm, i don't i don't know but it seems to me that there's always been um the, the the sort of crisis of masculinity i mean i think crisis is probably overstating it anyway i wouldn't want to put it so melodramatically but in every individual man's life a sort of crisis of masculinity takes place and you know I mean King Lear is about a crisis of masculinity Mm. in that sense Hamlet is about a crisis of masculinity so I'm not I'm very definitely not sort of trying to make a specifically contemporary point about that